Welcome to the HR Empowerment Podcast, where we will uncover strategies and new insights from HR professionals who discuss up-to-date regulations, best practices, and the most pressing topics like diversity and equity, leadership, dealing with difficult situations, and much more that affect your bottom line and business. Thanks for joining us. I'm communication and leadership skills expert Pamela Jett, and welcome to Assertive Communication. This is episode number four of a five-episode series designed to help you learn to say it with backbone, not bite, or to engage in more assertive communication. In episode number one, we discovered what assertiveness is and what assertiveness is not. We learned that assertive communication is communication which respects the rights of both parties. And in episode number two, we learned that in order to be assertive, we need two key things, confidence and competence. We learned to build some of our confidence in episode number two. And in episode number three, we began to build our competence or our skill sets. And in today's episode, as episode number four, we're going to discover how to say no and not feel guilty and still come across as a team player. This is one of the most assertive tools that you can have in your assertiveness toolkit. It is a skill that you will use both personally and professionally, and it's designed to boost our competence or our skill level. Because it's one thing to think, okay, I want to be assertive, but we need to know how to be assertive. And the ability to set limits, to set boundaries, to say no is incredibly powerful as an assertive communicator. So what I'd like for us to do is to remember that assertive communication is communication that respects the rights of both parties. And when we say no, we do not want to engage in a very passive approach to saying no, which might sound something like, well, you know, I'd I'd love to do it. You know, I've kind of got a bunch of mamby-pamby nonsense. And here's what's going to happen, at least in a professional environment, If you try to say no in that way, you will not be taken seriously. And that's when you will become a doormat. Or because you don't know how to say no, because you want to make everybody happy, because you've got some of that people-pleasing behavior going on, you will say yes. And then you wind up feeling resentful or feeling like, why am I always trying to make everybody else happy? Which then sets you up for passive aggressiveness. I've known people who have quit on their employer because they kept feeling like, well, my employer just keeps dumping everything on me and dumping everything on me and dumping everything on me. And they wind up quitting before they learn how to set limits and boundaries and say no. So that is actually passive aggressive because the employer has no idea that their employee is overloaded because their employee has not stood up for themselves until they quit. And they say, well, you just kept working me too hard. And the leader is completely baffled passive-aggressive. Everything's going fine until it's not. So learning how to say no is an essential skill both personally and professionally. And as a communication and leadership skills expert, one of the things that I believe is very helpful to have are language patterns or templates. And by language patterns or templates, I mean that we have something we can use, a step-by-step process that if we can master this pattern or this template, then we can begin to tweak or adjust or adapt it to use in various situations. So we start out with a basic pattern, and once we master that basic pattern, we are then able to adjust it to meet our needs. 
So as I walk you through this basic pattern of saying no, I'd like you to be asking yourself, hey, how will this work for me? How am I going to use this? How, how am I going to apply this personally and professionally? Because uh, that's when you will begin to see opportunities to tweak or adjust or adapt this pattern. This is a very simple pattern. Notice I use the word simple, not the word easy. It's simple. However, it is not easy. It takes some confidence. Remember, we talked about how confidence is at the core of assertive communication. So we must have the courage to use it. It is very simple, though, in terms of a skill. So the first step in the saying no process is to acknowledge the request. So let's imagine the situation. Uh, you are in the workplace and your leader asks you to do something, or maybe it's even a colleague who asks you to do something to help them with a project. And the request might be coming in over your instant messaging, or maybe you're working in person and that person comes by your office or cube and says, hey, can you help me with this? And under normal circumstances, you would be more than happy to help. However, that particular day, you are working on a high-profile project that has a tight time deadline. Essentially, if you stop and help your colleague on something, you'll wind up working late, putting in tons of extra hours, and then maybe they're clocking out right at 5 o'clock, and you're thinking, that's not right. And then you have that resentment because you may have said yes when you would like to say no. So we want to be able to say no in this situation. And the first step is to acknowledge their request. Acknowledge their request. And it may sound something like this. Hey, I know this is an important project and you would like some help. Or I know that you're on a tight time deadline and could use some assistance. Or thank you for thinking of me. Under normal circumstances, you know I would help because this is an important project. Now, I said under normal circumstances, and that may be setting them up to realize these are not going to be normal circumstances, but at least during that acknowledgement phase, I'm saying this is important, or I know that you're under a tight time deadline. You do not start out with sorry. We learned in an earlier episode, episode number three, that sorry is a weak word. Sorry is a word that makes you come across as passive. So you don't start, oh, sorry, I mean, I know this is super important, but that's mamby-pamby. We want to be able to say, I know this is an important project, and you could use some assistance. Notice I also did not say you could use my assistance. I'm not going to take ownership of it, but I'm going to acknowledge they want some help. I know you're looking for some help because this is a really important high-profile project. You acknowledge their request. And then you move on to step number two, and step number two is where you decline. This is the say no part. Sometimes we want to say to people, what part of no don't you understand, the N or the O? And what I've discovered is the part of no people often don't understand is the part we don't actually say. We aren't very clear. We want to be very clear in our decline. I know this project is important and you could use some assistance. I'm not able to help you at this time, or I'm unable to help you at this time, or I won't be able to pitch in right now. It's a very clear no. Now here's what's interesting. A few years ago, uh, there was a popular personality who was saying, no is a complete sentence. Yes, it is. No is indeed a complete sentence. However, it's not necessarily a very tactful one. And when I engage in assertive communication, I want to be tactful. 
So I want to be able to decline in a respectful, gracious, tactful way. I'm not able to assist you. Because somebody could come up and say, can you help me? No. That's clear. It's assertive. I don't owe anybody anything. However, it doesn't really make me appear like I'm a team player or that I understand where they're coming from or that I'm empathetic at all. So if I'm looking to build relationships with people, which I am, if I'm looking to keep my relationship solid, which I am, I want to be able to say no with tact and finesse. And part of that is starting out with the acknowledge and then a clear decline. And then we have step number three. And this is the one that throws some people. Step number three is give reasons. And some people say, I don't owe anybody a reason. And you get to decide if you want to offer a reason or not. I've discovered, though, that if I offer a reason, what I'm really doing is I'm sharing my priorities. Remember, we talked about in episode number two of how important it is to know your priorities because it's easy to say no and not feel guilty when you have a bigger yes burning inside. So when I think of my reasons, what I'm really thinking of are my bigger yeses. I know this project is important and you could use some assistance. I'm not able to help you because I'm under a tight time deadline. That's my reason. I'm under a tight time deadline for a, you know, this project. And now they know that I'm not saying no arbitrarily, that I am saying no because I am working on something else for the team. It helps to keep that notion that I am indeed a team player alive. And the vast majority of us want to be helpful to our colleagues. We want to be that team player. We also want to remember that one or two reasons is plenty. The more reasons you give, the more it's going to sound like you're giving excuses. So one or two will do. I know this project is important. I'm not able to help you because I've got a deadline of my own to meet. And then we move on to step number four. And step number four is to suggest alternatives. Now, the assertive communicator does not have to suggest alternatives that the other person will actually like. The assertive communicator simply has to give or is well served by giving alternatives that they believe will be helpful, like the best option. I'd be more than happy to help you tomorrow, or here's a template that I use that was really helpful for this kind of project. Anything that seems reasonable. If the other person does not want to accept those alternatives, that's on them. But if you're coming from a place of good faith and you say that this is what I can do or this is something you could try, you're doing your best to help while still maintaining your parameters or boundaries. So let's look at this from a personal perspective. You're out shopping with your teenager and they want some expensive tennis shoes and you're not going to buy them. I know you want the expensive tennis shoes. We won't be buying them today because they're not in the family budget. You may spend X amount. There it is. I know you want the expensive tennis shoes. Acknowledgement. We won't be buying them today. Decline. Because they're outside the family budget. Give reasons. You may spend X amount. That's an alternative. Or, I know you want the expensive tennis shoes. We won't be buying them today because they're not in the family budget. Uh, you may use your allowance. Or, I'm willing to spend X amount and you can take the rest out of your allowance. Whatever you believe might be an alternative. Now, some of you are thinking, oh, you don't want my kid. They'll keep at it and they'll keep at it and they'll keep at it. Yeah, they might. But if you keep using your say no and you just keep coming back, we won't be buying them today or they're outside the family budget, so we won't be buying them today. Whatever you do, do not change your reason. Because if you change your reason, they will think they can get you to change your mind. And if you use this over and over again, they're eventually going to figure out, oh, Mom's sticking to her boundary. We won't be buying them today. 
And then the next time they ask for something and you start in with the say no and they come back at you and you stand your ground, they'll realize, oh, okay, no means no. And you will have trained them how to treat you. That's the joy of this assertiveness language pattern is that you at first it'll feel awkward. Remember we talked about in our first episode that sometimes if you're used to being passive or a doormat or being taken advantage of, uh, being assertive will feel aggressive. It's not really aggressive. Or if you're used to being aggressive because you're afraid everybody's going to take advantage of you if you aren't, when you are assertive, it'll feel kind of wimpy if it's actually not. This is a powerful, powerful language pattern. And you can tweak it and you can adjust it. You can say things like, I know this project is important and under normal circumstances, you know I'd really like to help because I really do get that this is important. Sadly, I am currently working on a project for a senior executive and I'm under an incredibly tight time deadline. I won't be able to help. I'd be more than happy, though, to um, give you a sample that I did for another project that might be helpful to you. Now, notice in that situation, I used more language. I made it nicer, more tactful, more empathetic. And I changed the order, but I didn't really change the principles of those four steps of acknowledge, decline, give reasons, and suggest alternatives. This has been episode number four of Assertive Communication. And in this episode, we learned how to say no without feeling guilty while still coming across as a team player by discovering a four-step process. In episode number five, we are going to learn a basic language pattern for assertiveness. It's called the four-step model, and you can use it in almost any situation. I'm communication and leadership skills expert Pamela Jett, and this has been episode number four of Assertive Communication. Thank you for joining the HR Empowerment Podcast, brought to you by Aurora Training Advantage. We hope you've gained new insight and strategies to navigate the HR profession. We look forward to you joining us again on the HR Empowerment Podcast.